0: November tenth, two thousand twenty-one. This morning's class and the Gemara classes throughout the week are Leinui Nishmat Rachel Chaya Batzalcha by Jesse Sutton. Tini Shmatasura, Vesor HaChaim. Amen. We're in Masechet Roshana and Af Yod Gimel Amud Alef, and if you count from the top downward, it's sixteen lines, and the last few words on the line are Hadar Amar Rbi Ermiya. While you find the place, I'll remind you what we're in the midst of uh, developing and discussing. The Gemara had stated from a beraitah that the halakha when it comes to tibua, when it comes to specific growths from the field like wheat and barley and additionally like grapes or um, olives, the way we determine what's considered a peri, what's considered a fruit, what's considered tivua in those circumstances, uh, with regards to two basic halachot, one ma'aser and the second shemitah. Let me explain those in in order is that you need to take a tenth from the produce of this year for the produce of this year and as a result if this fruit was technically speaking a growth from last year I can't use it to take a tenth for, for this year and I have to take a tenth from it with regards to last year I need to be able to determine what year does this fall out on how do I determine that lots of times I'm going to have a growth that goes from one year into the next So there are different measurements for each one of those growths in the field. Each one needs an explanation why it has that specific measurement. When it comes to tevu'ah, said the birayta, said the mishnah elsewhere, the halakha goes by hava'at shelish, it goes by a third of the growth. How do you determine a third of the growth? We've discussed it in the class, we discussed it out of the class, i discussed it in the WhatsApp, outside of the class as well. There's a tremendous machlok, and it appears as if This is not something that's all that relevant to us, you'd be surprised. Today in Israel, it's very relevant, both with regards to Ma'asir and with regards to Shemitah. The determination of what's a growth on this year or next year, how do I determine what a third is, is a very significant discussion and important issue. And again, whereas for thousands of years it was just a theoretical. So the Mepharshim discussed it. we never had a clear resolution in the last 60, 70 years. We've had to come to resolutions on this matter. There are many Pesachim, many tishubot which were written on this matter. Anyway, that all being the case, we're dealing with a mitzvah, with a Chiyuv Min Torah. How do you determine this measurement? Is there a pasuk in the Torah you can point to that in some way hints to the fact that a growth, a maturity of these items is considered so from a shlish, from a third? So the Gemara had struggled with that. Ultimately speaking, it appeared as if it came to a final conclusion with an odd pasuk out of place, nothing to do with our issue, and that was the pasuk with regards to Sukkot. The pasuk has a certain redundancy, a repetitive nature. On the one hand, the pasuk begins by describing Sukkot as Hag Asif; it's the holiday, it appears uh, as, of gathering. But then right afterwards, the pasuk says, when you gather, Mi'gonecha, Kvecha when you're gathering in from the fields. It's a little strange for the pasuk to describe it as the holiday of gathering when you gather. Rather, said the Gemara, the suggestion, went as follows Hagha Asif means the word Asif although it means gathering that's the final activity with regards to cutting and as a result the Pasuk is describing the cutting which is now collected on Sukkot as well what does that mean? well the Pasuk says at the end of the year what does that mean as well? piecing all of these issues together the suggestion of the Gemara went as follows matters, items which you'll be cutting on Sukkot and you'll be collecting on Sukkot clearly were matured by Rosh Hashanah 15 days earlier. What does it mean they were clearly matured? Suggested the Gemara, it's a third. They had a third growth. It's a reference in the Pasuk to the fact that, we don't go based on a different determination, but rather there's some sort of growth determination, the suggestion was a third. That's the long-winded, simple line of our source for Shelish. Marist asked, and Ribir Irmiah asked, how'd they determine a third? Maybe they got this wrong as Rebi Mi'as type of words. Maybe the rabbi's mismeasured. Maybe maturity shouldn't be determined by a third. Rabbi Zera turned to Rebi Yirmiah and killed him for such a statement. What are you talking about? We do this all the time. The Chachamim did careful and deliberate observations and they determined 40 se'ah in the mikveh, even a little bit less. Pasu, who said, maybe they weren't exact. No, they were exact when it comes to Tumat Midrash, adosh Etzbaot, that's with regards to leaning or lying for for it has to be a specific uh, measurement. Three in that circumstance, and so forth. Well, that being the case, said the Gemara Hadar. I pick you up again, sixteen lines down. Hadar Amar Birmiyah. Afterwards, Rebirmiyah retracted his initial question. His inquisitive side of who said the rabbis got this right. Maybe the third is not imp- not a perfect measurement to which Zira said, "How could you say such a thing?" Rebirmiyah said, "Your truth is not only will I accept it." but I'm going to try to prove it. And you might recall the proof. He says, That which I told you initially, that which I questioned the size of a third, maybe the rabbis didn't know it precisely. I take that back. After all, the students asked Rav Kahana, the Omer, the Korban HaOmer, which was brought on the second day of Pesach, in the first year after entrance into the land of Israel, in the days of Yehoshua, we'll find that in just a few moments, it was five days after entrance, how they get the barley with which they made that Korban HaOmer to sacrifice on the second day of Pesach. And again, the Korban HaOmer specifically important then and for many generations with regards to past kemach, if you had any growth in the fields, it was considered hadash, until you brought the korban ha which now was matir, now says that anything that you had growth in the past year, that was processed and you have kemach, it's now going to be considered yashan instead of hadash, until the second day of Pesach, once upon a time, until korban haomer, you couldn't benefit from it you couldn't enjoy it, so how'd they bring that korban ha maybe they got from the growth of barley in the fields, from the non-Jews, Kesir Echem The Torah is quite clear that the growth needs to be from your own growth, your own cutting. As a result, I question again. Says it be or, or said said the students to Rav Kahana. Where was the barley that produced the first Korban Haomer brought from? Can't be from the non-Jews. It has to be Kesir Echem. Question. What was the date of Nisan? We'll find out in just a minute. It was on the tenth of Nisan. Tenth of Nisan. We made it. A- Five days later. Yeah. It says the Gemara velochisir nochri and the is and it can't be of a non Jew. Pause for a second. Already, right. well, no, don't pause yet. I'll tell it to you in a little. Says the Gemara Akrivu, or of Kahana, responded to the students in an initial rebuttal who said they brought a Korban You're questioning me how they get the barley? Well, maybe they didn't bring Korban Maybe they were honest. They weren't able. They couldn't have brought the Korban and As a result, they just never brought it. Maybe they weren't able to. They got into the land. They had five days, as we already know. And they weren't able to put it together. They didn't have Korban Omen. You shouldn't uh, have such a thought The Pasuk says explicitly in Sefer Yehoshua They began to eat from the produce of the field After, the, after Pesach, after the first Yom Tovah Pesach Why only after the first Yom Tovah Pesach? They're not going to bring the Kodan HaOmer anyway So then what was the issue? So then what was the issue of even, eating uh, immediately upon entrance? Says the Gemma. clearly they ate after the beginning of Pesach. In the first few days of uh, of Amla'ad, it's from the 10th until the 15th, until the 16th really. They didn't eat. So rather, akrivu Omer must be, the way it worked was they brought Korban HaOmer, and only then did they eat. I ask you again, say the students to Rav Kana. Where did they bring the Korban HaOmer from? Where'd the barley come from? They didn't have their own growth. It can't be from the non-Jews. Pause for a second, I will bring to your attention very briefly, just for two minutes or even less. There is, of course, the issue, uh, even today, of eating ke yashan. It's a mitzvah, it's a, it's a min ha you can't eat from the new kemach, you have to always eat kemach yashan. So then I'll ask you as well, how often, not you, how often is the average guy, average Orthodox Jew in America, careful with determining when the flour that was used in this product uh, was produced? Rarely, so we discussed in the past, not rarely, many people not. We discussed in the past, Gaurav Moshe Feinstein has many ways of determining that in America, at the very least, According to his understanding, the majority of the flour which is used is already, which means to say, even though I'm misupak, I'm uncertain in this circumstance whether the flour they're using in this product was from before the past pesach or after. Since the general understanding is that the majority comes from we have these storehouses in which we keep it. Called the parish meruba parish and makom safek, we assume that anything that came out of those storehouses or is being Used, Meruba Parisha comes from the majority. He doesn't suffice with that, and classically in Europe, I don't know, I imagine as well in the Middle East, but I'm not certain exactly, uh, they would just be Mekil. They weren't able to do otherwise and they were just lenient with regards to kemach yashan. To the extent that I may have told you this story that uh, uh, one of the students of Rav Moshe Feinstein remembered that he was present and he was part of the uh, uh, several rabbis who came and presented Rav Moshe Feinstein with the information in the early 80s that uh, their understanding was no longer is the majority coming from kemach yashan and as a result you have to take back your kula on this matter. And he listened to them and he read the statistics and he understood it and then he said listen it's possible you're right however in Europe we were quite certain with absolute certainty that we were eating Kema Hadash and nonetheless we were eating it as there's some sort of minhag Israel over, he's kidding me, directly against halacha. So, our Moshe finds him was clearly arguing there are still sefikot. But there's more to it than that. There's the well known opinion of Bach. Bach, his name is Bi'oel Sirkis, in his commentary to Tur and in his, in his She'elotu Tishubot, he makes the following claim. He says, This issue of Kemach Yashan is only and specifically with regards to Kemach, which is Biyad Yisrael. In other words, it's from the growth of Jews. If it comes from non-Jews, you have no problem of Kemah Hadash. Do you follow? In other words, if it was produced after Pesach, but I'm buying it from a non-Jew, it was produced by a non-Jew, there's no issue whatsoever. There is a question that's raised from this Gemara. The Gemara is wondering why it was that when they entered into the land of Israel, they didn't enjoy the growth immediately. It's a very big question on Bach. The assumption is the pasuk. It's pasuk and Sefi Yeshua. They had to wait for Koban HaOmer. They had to wait for Koban HaOmer. What are you nervous about? It's coming from the kemahav of Akum of the non-Jews. After all, that's the growth in the field. What's that? Ketzirichem is for the Koban HaOmer. That's for the Hakrava, the Koban HaOmer. This is an issue of Hadash and Yashan. There's no issue of Hadash according to Bach. It's generally speaking a very accepted opinion. Shach. Rabbi Shabbatai Kohen in his commentary to Yore De'a asks from this Gemara. It's one of his knockout questions. He says our Gemara is almost mefurash that there's an issue even when it comes to the, uh, the Kemach of Akum, of non-Jews. There are ways of resolving it. One of the ways of resolving it is the Tosafot and Afyot Bet Amud Al, if I think it was. Tosafot earlier, excuse me, right here, Tosafot over here on our Amud, it seems to suggest there was some sort of, we see it historically as if this wasn't fully yeah. Uh, owned by the non-Jews, we had a partnership of sorts. From the days of Abraham, we had an inheritance in the land. Irrespective of that, back to our issue in the Gemara, important conversation, longer debate and and discussion, but our issue over here in the Gemara... Therefore it would be a problem. Therefore it would be a problem. That's what Shach asked on Bach. I can't tell you that Shach's family. I don't know. I don't know if they were therefore never having any bread living in Europe or they were just harvesting their own fields. Pretty hard to do in the snowy fields of Poland and Galicia. But what I can tell you is that's the debate and therefore there would be a problem is the suggestion from our Gemara if you alternatively argue from this dosa that we had an inheritance in the land already so it means it was ours that's why there was a problem over there but it doesn't prove that if it comes from non-Jews it's also problematic you follow okay anyway yeah so anyway, so that's the Gemara over here. So the Gemara is in the midst of a question. It's the question of the students to Rav Kahana, and Rabbi Yirmiya is citing this as a proof. So they said to him, where'd they get the barley in order to be makrivata omer? Rather, Amar lehen said Rav Kahana to his students, and Rabbi Yirmiya is, is beaming as he cites this to Rabbi Zera, wow. kol shelo shalish b'yad nochri. Uh, the halakha is, it must be, that it was from the growth in the fields by the non-Jews, but it hadn't yet matured to the size of a third or to the growth of a third. And as a result, it doesn't have the halachah of tivua. It's not consider, considered considered It as a result, when did the maturity take place in the possession of the Jews? And that's how they brought the korban ha'omer. Well, you see, Rav Kahana was assuming, as was Miya later on, now that a third was something that was easily. Determined, or at the very least determined by the people in the time of Yehoshua by the rabbis as well. What's maturity of tivua shelish? How do I know? Well, it has to be. That's what they were doing back then. Says the Gemara. Maybe not. Vidilma a'il velakim lehu says the gemara perhaps the circumstance ela kimlo says the gemara on the other hand koshla he says the gemara it maybe not vidma maybe eil velakimlo maybe it indeed had um come up but they didn't realize, in other words, maybe in the times of Yehoshua as well, the growth in the field, this was the question of Rabbi Irmiah initially, there was of mature growth, and as a result, we're looking back at the time of Yehoshua and we're saying, maybe they made a mistake. Ella, kim lehu? We're not saying that. The Torah, the Nitnavid, it's if Yehoshua is making clear to us, they did the right thing. How'd they do the right thing? Clearly, they had an ability to discern, to understand that it had a third of growth, or it didn't have a third of growth. Go ahead. Even better. There wasn't a third of growth from the tenth, and there was a third of growth in that time period until they got to the fifteenth. Yes. In the ensuing lines of the Gimarat, that will be a point of conflict. That'll be an issue three, four, five days, right, not right. so much. You know, I mean, I'm no agriculturist. I'm going to go based on the words of the Gemara. The Gemara will suggest it's not so. But what I can tell you is the purpose of this line right now goes like this. Who said in the days of Yehoshua they got it right? And the answer is they got it right. Well, if they got it right, it means they were able to determine that a third is the, is the cutoff point for the maturity of the tivua. In turn, the rabbis got it right as well that a third is. Says the Gemara. ha So to over here. The Rabbis, kim lehu, kim lehu, they have a knowledge, they have an ability to discern, and to determine that a third is the maturity prior to a third, it's not considered tivuah, says the Gemara, maybe not. Maybe their circumstance back then in the days of Yehoshua, ribir rav kahana, you can't really prove, Vidil ma maybe in the days of Yehoshua, there was no growth. They came into the land of Kenan, and there was nothing out in the fields. They looked out in the fields, there was just nothing there, or at the very least, the field they're going to use for the Korban HaOmer, it was empty. And then over the course of five days, something came up. However, if it had risen, if it had grown, a quarter of already, in other words, if it had already grown a quarter of its growth out in the field, then in the days of Joshua as well, they wouldn't be able to distinguish between a third or not a third. And it was again, just to p- piece it all together for you, the f- suggestion of the Kemara is that Rabbi looks at Rav Kahana and he brings a proof from the days of Yahushua. How'd they figure out in the days of Yahushua whether it was mature or wasn't mature? The answer is it has to be they knew that a third is the maturity. How'd they know what a third was? They knew what a third was. They did their observations. They had their understandings. So too the rabbis had it. So how do you know you got your details? right? Maybe in the days of Yoshua there was no growth out in the field. And then when it came to the fifth day, when it came to the, the, the Pesach Rishon, they look out in the field the first day of Pesach, they look out in the field and there's a little bit of growth. They cut that off. If there was already a quarter of growth in other words, prior to a third, they wouldn't be able to discern. And now we turn to the rabbis as well. Rabbis, you really know how to pull this thing off? Says He can't suggest that there was no growth. And then on the sixth day, on the fifth day, there's already a growth. After all, how many days are we dealing with if you're going to tell me that when they entered the land on the 10th there was no growth at all within 5 days you're telling me there was a growth? so of course you have the counterclaim of Judah so wait a second let me get this right so they entered into the land and there was a little bit of growth how much of a growth? let's say a quarter let's say a fifth that's right let's say a sixth whatever it is you're telling me within five days it got to a third, so I got. I might say yes, as the Gemara inconceivable. I was, okay, but before we got. So, so, so rather, what must it be? Elamai, it was that a quarter or a danka, is a fifth, had risen, had grown already from this tivua, and as a result, as the Gemara, within five days. And mature to a third. One more time, circling back, one more time to the issue, because we're closing out this issue. The question of the Gemara is, how do you know that the rabbis got it right when they said a third is the maturity of Tibua? The answer is they knew, says I'm more than they knew. We have history where we knew this. What's our history in the days of Yehoshua? In the days of Yehoshua, clearly they entered into the land. There wasn't full maturity, and they determined six days later that there was maturity. How they determine that? The answer is they determined it. They figured it out. They observed. They had an understanding of it. Maybe not. Maybe over there there was no growth. And then within six days there was absolutely growth. Says the Gemara, oh, wait a second, you want to tell me that from the time they came in until six days later, nothing in the field and six days later, there's enough to cut and to turn into a korban ha Can't be. Rather, I'll tell you what it is. It is that there was a fifth or there was a fourth, a quarter of growth, and then within five, six days, it grew to that extent, really? Says the Gemara, rather, even if you're arguing that the circumstance was such that there was less than a third, and then within that short capacity of time, it grew to a third. How could that happen? The answer is Eretz, Eretz Yisrael. is known as the land of deer. How's it the land of deer? The Gemara Maseche Ketubot says that the same way deer are swift on their feet, so too the growth, Rashi quotes this, the produce of the fields in Eretz Yisrael is very swift and very quick. Well, as a result, says the Gemara, that's the swift quickness of the fields in Eretz Yisrael. They came in on the 10th, and then within six days, it went from a quarter of growth, a fifth of growth, to a third of growth. That's very nice, says the Gemara. Once you're admitting, once you're suggesting that growth goes that quickly and it is Israel, If that's the case, well, it's swift, quick growth. It goes from zero to a third within five, six days as well. In other words, we can't prove when all the dust settles, I'm sorry to lead you along, this long journey of this issue, but we can't prove from Rav Kahana that the third was understood and known by the days of Yehoshua. So, then how do we know? I ask you again, Rabbi Yirmiyat, Rabbi Zera how did the rabbis get this third worked out? The answer is, slam him said Rabbi Zera, slam him. Didn't I tell you follow halacha? Didn't I tell you the rabbis did their research? Don't you understand? They observed and they figured this thing out. You can't prove from Yoshua. Stop with Yoshua. We don't need that. The rabbis' determinations are very mitzum sam. They worked each of these matters out very clearly and precisely. Says the Gemara onward, I accept. I want to go back to your initial derasheh. twice, tried to prove otherwise. Well, uh, uh, no, over here he's not trying to prove otherwise. He's trying to prove with it, but he's not just accepting that the rabbi's got it. He needs to prove it. Yeah, that's apparently his tipus over here. if they from and already grown. Yes. Yes. Correct. Well, uh, correct, yes, because that's not your growth. Same, even better, or just as good as what uh, what Jeffrey said, and we're going to see it really at the top of the next amood. Uh, uh, yesterday, Jeffrey said, what if it grew a third on year six? But I didn't touch it. On year seven, it's now growing fully. Can I cut it? Can I use it? The answer is yes, as well. That's the way we determine on Tivua. That's the halakha on Tivua with regards to ma'asrot, with regards to shemitah. Questions? Yes. What do you want me to tell you? I don't know. I mean, what do you want? You want the rabbis going to everybody's fields? I guess, you know, we have, that's why you need a farmer who's uh, Yeresh Hamayin. Mashgiach on the farms. Mashgiach on the farms. Send Uri to all the farms. All right. All right. All right. If you recall this whole mess began with a pasuk, a pasuk in Parashat Mishbatim which described the holiday of Sukkot as Hag HaAsif and we said it was a repetitive pasuk, to start, described it described that we started the class today with this Hag HaAsif, it's the day of gathering, the holiday of gathering, and then it says when you gather, that's redundant, that's repetitive, gathering and gathering, it must be the first gathering isn't a reference to gathering but rather to cutting, and it must be that the cutting is when it's already mature from the time of Rosh Hashanah, a third. Well, says the Gemara, I can't accept that it was repetitive in the first place, why not? Because look at the derasha, which we accept, we accept in a masechet sukkah and if we accept this halacha, the halacha is that your sechach in your sukkah, context, sukkot, of course, needs to come from something that's mekabil tumah, which means to say it needs to be an organic growth from the ground as a result of, if you were to put stones or, I don't know, something else, metal as your sechach, it's not kosher, right? That's not kosher in such a circumstance. Well, it says the Gemara, how do we learn that? We learn that from this pasuk. The pasuk says, when you gather the produce of your field, we learn from that. What's kosher for your seichach? Something that's grown, that's collected out in the field. Well, that being the case, let's go back to the pasuk. The pasuk says, how am I going to translate that? Holiday of gathering when you will use for your sechach the things that you gathered, there's no redundancy we thought initially there's a redundancy it's repetitive holiday of gathering when you gather that's not how you read it any longer holiday of gathering when you use that gathering for your sichach now we're back to square one we have no proof that a third is the measurement for tevoah I remind you again it sounds like something out there and theoretical and for over a thousand years over 1500 if not more years this was irrelevant it was all theoretical today there are full tissue bought many of them addressing what is a shelish. These mikorot are important because if you live in Israel today, ma'asrot, shemitah, are very relevant issues. you got to figure these things out. Anyway, says the Gemara over here, So rather we need a new, a new explanation. Amar b'zera ha'milta ha'vai be'adan. Says the b'zera, you know this matter, means this issue, this matter, ha'vai be'adan, we had it in our hand. We finally closed the issue. We closed the book on this. We said we have the proof. How do I know that shelish, that the Torah gives credence, that the Torah describes Describes the maturity of a fruit at a stage prior to its picking, at a straight, whatever that the issue is. I told you, I was very excited about that. He says, But now, this be came along, and he threw a axe into it, which means to say he chopped down our edifice, he chopped down our tree. We had a beautiful explanation. What's that? He's feeling bad. He wants a proof. He says, of course. But it's like I come in, I gave a great class. I was all excited about it. I got across a point, and I proved it, and whatever. And then some guy in the back asks a question. I and everything worked out, I finally had all the sources, I had it all, and you had to ask that question, of course I'm excited deep down but you know, there's a certain letdown mm-hmm. says the Gemara, "Ela and so rather what is the source, and this one is the final source, although it will be a curious one as well, what's the source that that the third of growth is what determines uh, a, a Gemar, what determines the Onata Ma'asrot, the Onata Shemitah, Kidetanya, as the Beraita says, Rabbi Onatan Ben Yosef Omer, the Pasuk Says in an interesting circumstance. Let me read to you the pasuk, then tell you the context. V'siviti et berchati lachem <laughs> b'shana hashishit, ve'asat et ha'tevua li'shlosh ha'shanim. Pasuk says that you might be nervous when the Shemitah thing comes along. God promises, I'm going to command the ground and I'm going to give my Beracha to it. That on the sixth year, prior to the seventh of course, when you're not working it, it's going to give you enough produce for year six, year seven, and year eight. Because keep in mind, year seven being uh, blanked out doesn't only affect year seven, it affects year eight as well. Because if you didn't work your field, or your field is left barren. and you need to start all over again, you're going to have three years of Beracha in your from your field on year six. Okay, well that's the Pasuk, very simple. It's in the context of Shemitah. The derasha goes like this. Instead of reading it as Lishlosh Shanim, for three years, Al Lishlosh, Oh my goodness, can you imagine? Instead of reading it as three years, it's rather in an out of context, yeah, it has to do with the field, but nothing to do really with the specific growth, but it's describing in the pasuk a growth, a growth of the field will come about. What's a growth of the field? Shalish, a third. Uh, okay, nice tirasha, always a nice tirasha, keep in mind it's a remez, we accept this as a halacha from the Torah, but this is a remez from the pasuk. But wait a second, what about peshat in pasuk? You're telling me the pasuk said, and I'm going to command the field and I'm going to give you my beracha on year six for A third for the requisite amount of... God. <laughs> How do I read the pasuk now? It's very nice to make a dirasha, but if you took me completely away from the simple interpretation of the text, I can't accept it. says the gemara, we need that word, that it's three years, in order to understand the simple interpretation. It's one thing if you told me this was a rabbinic interpretation. This is a mitzvah from the Torah. We're describing a measurement from the Torah. Ketiv harina, says the Gemara, you have to read the Pasuk right afterwards. The Pasuk right afterwards makes the, f- the point abundantly clear as to Peshat, uzra'atem mm-hmm. at you will then seed the field on the eighth year. of minativuei yashan at hashana and you'll then eat from the old grain uh, further, which means to say it's clear from the Pesukim afterwards that you should read the Pasuk in its most literal sense, in other words, three years of biracha. but we can as well make a Derasha from the fact that the Pesukim are somewhat verbose, they're repetitive, they told me I'm going to give you three years of blessing, and then it tells you afterwards it's going to go until year nine, clearly understands the Gemara, the word be nidrash not only as Lishlosh, but rather as Lishalish as, as well. Alright, well that ends our Discussion with regards to tivua. You think we're done, right? We've discussed tivua being a shalish. It's a third of a growth that determines the size or the status of tivua, being a nigmar for maasrot and for shemitah. Tenan hatam. We have a mishnah in Masechet Shvi'it. The mishnah Masechet Shvi'it hatam means sham. We switch the taf with the shin and tenan shanan like mishnah, right? We taught over there with regards to not barley, not wheat, need either grapes or olives or even tiltan which we discussed earlier spices we want to know the measurement on anything and everything with regards to ma'azer and shemitah. what about kotniot? what about how do we translate kotniot? legumes or something There <laughs> they are legumes so for example how that's rice Ve-ha-dohan. what's dohan spelled millet, millet. all right Ve-ha-pargin, what do you got Papi, vashum shimin sesame, I got that one. All four of those are what we know what are known as kotniyot. Those are the types of things we could specifically on, on rice, on Pesach, talk about whether you can or can't, whatever. But these are things that are not regular growths with regard to tivua. It's not one of the hamesha ha minedagan. It's not one of the types of grain. Nor is it a fruit or a vegetable. It's rather legumes. It's rather kotniyot. How do we determine in these the cutoff mark with regards to It being finished. Who cares about when it's finished? Two ramifications for our purposes. Number one, ma'asir, as we've discussed until now. Number two, shemitah, as we've discussed until now. What's the halacha? Shehishrishu lifnei Rosh Hashanah. The halacha is they need to take root before Rosh Hashanah. So you might ask me again. I forgot who asked, Stanley asked me earlier, who's determining whether they took root? the farmer, or the mashkiah, whatever. The determination over here is not in terms of bringing a third. It's not in terms of anything or everything else. Rather, the determination is specifically and only if it took root. l'sha'avar. The halacha is if it took root before Rosh Hashanah, the maaser is for the previous year. Umutarin <speaking> <Hebrew> This is the point of Jeffrey from yesterday. And furthermore, if it was on year six that this item took root in the ground, my uh, rice, plant to plant the root in the ground I can now cut it and enjoy it and harvest it on shemita umuutarimshe vimlav. However, if they didn't take root, you may have planted them before Rosh Hashanah, but they didn't take root before Rosh Hashanah. And they have the opposite status the year afterwards. Keep in mind, we now have several things that we're aware of. We know that Yirakot, vegetables, goes based on Likita, when it was picked. We saw that already. We know that Tivu'ah goes based on Shalish. Now we have a third thing. Kotiyot goes based on Hashrasha, when it takes root. These are important issues. Amar Rabbah says, Rabbah, Amur Rabbanan, the Chachamim told us that Ilan, when it comes to fruits, we're now getting another measurement. So we had three measurements, add this one. Batar Hanata, what's Hanata. Hanata is the stage at which, if you look at, I haven't unfortunately, an apple tree or any tree which grows fruit, initially there are flowers which grow on it. Then those flowers fall off and it's beginning to grow the fruit. The stage when the flowers fall off and it begins the fruit growth, that's called hanaka, hanata. That's when you look at the stage in the production of this fruit and you say that's the cutoff point, that's the maturity of the fruit. But the fruit isn't fully there. That's the cutoff point. It's important to discuss why. The assumption is, as the Rishonim discussed based on the Gemara later on, that the water and sap, which is now in the tree, is already in place. So the potential is fully there for the production of the fruit, and as a result we determine its cutoff point from then. So Ilan, fruits, are Batar Hanata. Batar means after. Vizetim, we know this one is Batar Shalish. Yerek, we know this one as well. Vegetables, your cucumbers, your tomatoes, Batar Lekita. Hane, these, meaning the Kotniot, Kemansha Vinur how did the rabbis determine that when it comes to these issues meaning the kotniot that they're not like any of the others let me repeat and summarize what we're up to and we'll continue with this tomorrow what we've established is that when it comes to growths in your field each one of those growths is going to have a different cutoff date with regards to its maturity who cares about its maturity how are you going to take ma'asir how or if are you going to work it on the year of shemitah Thirdly, what type of ma'asir are you going to take? Is this from year two, in which case it's going to be ma'aseer sheni, or year three, in which case it's going to be maserani ani, and so forth. All important issues. So we've established and we've discussed some of the sourcing and logics of yirakot. Yirakot goes based on picking. we discussed the sourcing on tibu'a and zetim and anavim. We just spent the last two classes on that. It goes from hava'at shilish. We've discussed very briefly ilan. Ilan is hanata. What's the cutoff date, by the way, on perota ilan? Then, of course, it's to Bishvat, right? The fifteenth of Shvat is going to be the cutoff point. I'm going to look at the tree on the fifteenth of Shvat. I'm going to say, did this tree already have the flowers fall off or not? The fourth one, I think, in our count is these issues. Kotniot says the said the Gemara Kotniot are determined based on taking root. So that's the Gemara. Why? I just want to understand that. Shouldn't they be compared, says Rashi, to yirakot, to vegetables? Shouldn't it be based on when you pull it out of the ground? Why did the rabbis, because it's a rabbinic obligation, determine that it goes based on hashrashan, taking root in the ground? We'll continue with this tomorrow. Baruch Adonai de Olam. Amen, amen.